Coaches, before we get started today, we have an amazing offer for you. PGC Basketball Shooting Colleges are live this fall. You can go to shootingcollege.com to register for $0. Absolutely free. We've waived the $95 fee at shootingcollege.com. Many sessions are already full, but there is still some availability. So if you'd like to become a better coach, hone your skills, go to shootingcollege.com, sign up, and we'll see you at one of our sessions this fall. If you have a player that wants to come, they can also go to shootingcollege.com and type in HH50 for $50 off, and you can have your players attend for a $50 discount. Hope to see you there. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievers. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle Broadcasting here in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, TJ, fun chop it up episode, and I'll explain what that is in a moment. But before we do, let's catch up with our friends over at Shot Tracker. Real-time analytics, analytics, instant feedback, automated reporting, and affordable. Go check out our friends at Shot Tracker if you're looking to take your stats and your analytics to a whole nother level and get the edge on the competition. I think it's interesting. Uh, Shot Tracker has partnered up with uh, Junior NBA for an upcoming event. It's going to start becoming more and more. The players are going to start paying attention to the analytics, and once the players start recognizing, that just puts the pressure on the programs to really be able to have something to be able to deliver that. Shot Tracker, great solution. So appreciative of their support of the Hardwood Hustle. Today, TJ, Chop It Up episode. This is a fun episode. We've done it once before. It was a while back, but we decided to bring it back. And I depend on you know how it goes, depend on some feedback. We may continue it. But really, Chop It Up is a time for you and I just to throw questions back and forth to each other. Let's do it. And just kind of on the spot, uh, non-scripted, but just really... Everything on the table? Yeah, yeah. everything on the okay. table. All right. Adam, I'll start it out. Please. Uh, you got to pick one coach in the NBA to coach your team. And it's not based – you don't know who your team's going to be. You don't think they're going to be young, veterans, whatever. But you just got to pick the coach first, who you take it and why. I mean, at this point, I'm taking Brad Stevens. I think the, his resume, granted, hasn't uh, earned him a championship at the collegiate level or uh, the professional level yet. But – I want to look at coaches, and I'm looking at coaches that get more out of less. And I think there's no one in the NBA right now that can get more out of less than Brad Stevens consistently, year after year after year. And not only that, the players just have this response. He's got this reputation now where players just are honored. Kyrie Irving saying the most, the smartest coach he's ever played for, you know, I think Brad Stevens would be my guy to lead my team regardless of the situation. What do you think about him uh, not getting any Coach of the Year votes? You know, I think it actually fits his personality. Yeah, I think he just he just wants to stay under the radar and do his thing, right? He doesn't need the praise, he doesn't need the attention. I think it's fitting for who he is that he sits back and and doesn't get the praise in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved his quote. Did you read read it after he um, didn't get Coach of the Year and says that's the way things work out? 
Um, I'm telling you, I looked at the sheet, and there's no way that I would have voted for me over any of the other 29 people. And the guy that should have won it got it. And, mm. just, uh, and the other guys that got votes, they're unbelievable. And it's, it's such class, you know, saying that that guy that won it um, should have got it. And I think he always just takes the high road. Dwayne Casey won it and was deserving of it. <laughs> you know, but Brad Stevens just gives credit where credit is due. TJ, I've heard you say this during episodes and in conversations that you've told parents, or not parents, but players in your mode of transparency that I'm, I'm just not enjoying coaching you right now. Okay, mm-hmm. Who do you suspect in the NBA you would say that to? Who would be the first player if you had to coach an NBA player that you think you'd find yourself during the course of a season saying, I'm just not enjoying coaching you? You know, this is crazy because if you'd, if you'd asked me four years ago, yeah, what would you have said? I'd have said I'd love to coach this guy, but now I'd say I'm not enjoying coaching you, Draymond Green. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that his edge he brought to the team has gone to a distraction, huh. and uh, I think he's, he's crossed over, and uh, he got a little bit of the reins, and he's he's taken uh, advantage of it, and I think he's used it to the detriment of what he's capable of being, and I don't think it serves the team to the highest level he possibly could. But, you know, four or five years ago, I would have been like, man, I'd love to coach this guy. But now I'd, I'd go the opposite. I've heard it. you say that I still challenge you to find the mic'd up series that they did with him during either the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. And I think he'd maybe change because, yes, there's some antics and emotions, but he's an incredible communicator and captain of that defense. And I just – Listen, I understand where you're coming from, but I think when you watch that and really kind of pay attention to it, um, I don't know. I'm surprised you said that. With all the cast of characters in the NBA, I'm surprised you said Draymond Green. Yeah. Well, um, throw you a softball here. Why is your guy, John Wall, a second-tier guard? Why is he not over the hump? Why is he not one of the top guys? Yeah, that's a great question. I think his shooting has prohibited, prohibited him uh, from becoming a top guy. And, you know, granted, it's improved over the years, but his shooting has always been an Achilles heel, so it allows defenses to play off of him and kind of uh, restrict his, restricts his dual threat, triple threat uh, options on offense. Secondly, I just think is he's too inconsistent on defense. I've said this many times where I've bragged about his defense, but the more I've watched, the more I've studied, the more I've paid attention. Yes, there's a lot of uh, chase down behind, you know, chase – Fast break kind of blocks from behind. They get a lot of attention, right? They go on ESPN and, and a lot of craze like that. But there's a lot of possessions that, that he's taken off on the defensive end. Really disappointed even in this last year when Kobe Bryant challenged him to be all NBA defense. And he, John Wall said challenge accepted on social and then came out and was a little out of shape, uh, which has also been a knock on him. Okay. Um, and then he just was inconsistent on defense. So I think his shooting, his inconsistent defense, although he can be really good when one, when he's in and when he, he needs to, and then his cardio and conditioning. Mm. This year he's working out really hard, but he's admitted in the years past that he's come in a little heavier than he's probably needed. So I just don't understand how you can do that as the franchise guy. Yeah. Right? If you're trying to be all NBA defense and you know you've got this up and down attacking style of offense, how you can afford to not be in the most tip top shape you possibly can is beyond me. Those three things is why John is kind of living second like tier. First, first name basis, John. I mean, John. Right. Hey, listen. When you're a true fan, it's first name basis. <laughs> hey, TJ. 
you know, question for you. Like, why are you, why, why would a, a friend of yours consider you a great friend? Oh, wow. Um, man, I think uh, why somebody would consider me a good friend. I'm not sure anybody does, but if they were to <laughs> consider me a good friend, you know, I think I'm, I'm solid in the tough times. You know, I think I'm the guy that even if you haven't talked to him in two or three years, if you're going through some hard times, I've made the guy that you call. Um, you know that I drop whatever I've got going on to help you through that time. I'm not the best constant communicator, keeping in touch with people all the time. But, uh, but if, if, if the road got rocky, I think I'd be the guy you'd call. I love it. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Adam, if you had to change one rule in high school basketball, what would the rule change be? You know, I'm going to stay away from the shot clock, right, because I know that's a big topic, but it, it's inconsistent from state to state. I would say um, I'd, I'd put some rule in place about the transferring rule. I I'd, I'd really would try to restrict that. And... I, I think I I don't know exactly what the rule it'd have something to do with transferring but it would have to be connected to somehow getting collegiate coaches to recruit heavier and more aggressively in the public school space right and not look at players that decide to stay in the public school space with a slight stigma like oh why did they stay there how come they didn't move up to a tougher competition I feel like that happens in the Baltimore Washington market it would be some type of rule that would that would cut back on the amount of exposure private schools could have with the hopes that it would transfer some of that exposure to the high school level and keep high school public school players where they grew up in their communities in their neighborhoods supporting their local public high schools and and playing all four years there and knowing if they do that they're still going to get the looks that they could get at the higher levels i like it you like it yeah fair enough okay tj who would be the best player in the nba to play on your manual college team by way of their style and their personality Oh, by their style and personality. Not fashion style, but their style of play, but also their personality. So it's got to be the dual combo here. The dual combo. That's a tough question. That's a that's a really tough question. Um, man, I would go a little bit outside the box. <laughs> Can't wait for this. I think Clay Thompson would be a great fit in our program. Really? Yeah. Just, you don't like people that talk? I uh, just, uh, you know, I think he, he gets the job done. He'd have freedom to let it go. Uh, he plays both ends of the floor. Um, I think he's a solid, underrated defender. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think uh, I think uh, Clay Thompson would be an interesting guy in the rotation. Interesting. All right, let's continue this up with this Chop It Up episode. Before we do, let's take a halftime break with our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication tip of the episode. This week, coaches, I'd like to challenge you, your staff, and your players to get into the habit of speaking to the ears. Let me explain what I mean. When we are speaking and communicating, our goal is to have a message heard. Where messages are only heard through our ears. So we've got to be speaking intentionally from a direction standpoint to the other person's ears. So if our players sometimes are speaking with their heads down, we need to remind them to speak to my ears. I can't hear you when you're looking down, when you're speaking down. You need to speak to the ears. Oftentimes, especially within our players, they have a tendency to look down when they speak. We always say make eye contact, but even more, speak 
to my ears because we are trying to communicate a message. I want to hear what you are saying. I can't hear it when you're speaking to my feet or speaking to my knees. I need you to speak to my ears. So this week, that's the challenge, coaches. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping get parents, coaches, and players all on the same page. All right, Adam. Good first uh, first half right there. I like there. that Clay Thompson pick. Yeah. It's a, it's and I've a, watched you play. You like the spacing. You like having shooters. And and I'm not trying to say Clay's not super athletic, but like you don't have to be the most athletic player to play in your offense and yeah. to play on your team. Like you've got some guys that like let's be honest, aren't the most athletic guys in the, in your conference, but they can shoot, mm-hmm. they know their role, they understand spacing, and they knock it down. Yeah, I think he fits, man. I think he fits. All right, um, let me give you uh, a. Uh question here if you had to pick an athlete outside the game of basketball to be the face of lead them up <laughs> who would you take wow what a what a great question i probably cash i feel like it's gonna be a red skin but i hope not you know i it's obviously i haven't been prepared for this or thinking about this but it probably rotates around, but I, you know, I, I'm going to give you a couple names. Is that okay? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll go with one. I'll go with okay, one. I'll go with right, one. Right. Actually, I'll go, I'll go with one. I know. Exa- Take that back. I'll go with one, and I'll give you my two honorable mentions. My number one is Ben Watson. Really? Okay. Yeah. Familiar with him? Yeah. Yeah. Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Watson, unbelievable man. Like mm. un unbelievable man. Guy I look up to and admire. I, I take what he says and really pay attention and process and register. Incredible, incredible teammate, leader. I would love to have Benjamin Watson. Nice secondly, pick. Nice pick. Nice pick. Secondly, I'd say a guy like Carson Wentz, mm. quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Third, Tim Tebow. <laughs> hey, got to throw Tebow in there. Got to throw Tebow in there. TJ, TJ, if you weren't coaching basketball, what would be your next sport you coach? Oof, I'd like to be a football offensive coordinator. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. Would you like? Would you know where to even begin? Um, I feel like I've watched enough games. I got an idea. Okay. And, uh, you, you know, I, you know what? I, I or, or a football head coach. There's a couple things I would I would love to see if leadership um, that I've learned would translate to a big team like that. Um, from a head coaching position, I would love to see that. From an offensive coordinator position, um, I would really enjoy the terminology, um, creativity, uh, the opportunity to um, you know play to your talent uh, based on what you get in high school or whatever it is. So I, I, I would I'm almost rather be a high school coach in football than I would uh, college. I think it'd be really intriguing. Here's a little something I, I don't share that often. I would love to be a full-time head basketball coach in high school, right? And assuming I have an extremely strong X's and O's coach alongside me, I would like to see, and and I'll be the first to admit if you've listened to the show, I'm not incredibly sharp on the X's and O's side of basketball, right? I would love to see, though, if I could build the culture, strictly building the culture, because I would like to do this as a little bit of a case study, to see if head coaches actually need to be extremely sharp X's and O's or if you can just have a head coach that's more of just the culture CEO type 
right? And leave all the coaching to the assistants, but still accomplish what you accomplish. Hmm. I'd love to try that out. And, and one of these days I will, Lord willing. Um, but I would love to see that. Give me the right assistant coach that can lead the offense. Give me the right assistant coach that can lead the defense. Let me just build the culture and lead the ship. And let's see where it goes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's build on that question. Um, let's say you did have the high school basketball team. Mm-hmm. You were the coach. What's the first thing that you would think about implementing? Like, what are what are coaches missing? Like, when you go around the teams, like, what's the thing that's like, gosh, if they just did this, what's a common thing that's missing that would not be missing on your team? It's uh, tough. I feel like I'm stumping you tonight. I mean that's just I mean that's a tough question yeah. you know because I don't think there's like one thing right yeah I, I think it varies from program to program um, you know I, I just I don't think I would do anything different per se or I'd fill a gap I just think I'd be able I, I think I would challenge myself to really do something at an extremely higher level than ever before right so like I think about like a relationship uh, built program where it truly is family. Because I always challenge the teams that I play with when you know they put their hands in and they're one, two, three brothers, right? Or they put their, fam- their hand in one, two, three family. I really challenge them to, to respect and honor what they say and actually live it out. Like, are you truly a family? Are you truly a brother? You know, does, is that really your brother? And I'll, I'll joke and say, hey, can you hand me his cell phone number? Oh, I don't even have his number. Oh, that's your brother. You don't even have his cell phone number? I sometimes question if that family atmosphere is truly there. Mm. I would be so big, and and I th- would hope that my program would dominate, 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 dominate the aspect of loving one another from a family aspect. So I don't think it'd be anything different, but I would just try to do it at another level. I like it, TJ. <laughs> TJ, let's see here. If you had to go without your phone. For five days, how would you handle it? Hmm. I think I'd struggle in the first twenty-four hours. Counted a blessing in the next ninety-six hours, or whatever that is. What would the struggle look like? A little anxiety? Yeah, a little anxiety. I mean, I just worried about whether I'm, you know, getting the job done, whether I'm handling my task, or you know, I'm, you know, that type of thing. Just uh, want to do a good job at whatever I do, and would feel like I'd be letting people down. So that'd be my struggle. Okay. Last question. Go for it, TJ. Okay, last question. All right, Adam. Um, here's what I've uh, I, I got for you on this one. So, what a, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten um, from? It can be from a family member or a coach. I won't make it specific, but what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten specific to leading or running a team, a company, whatever? What's the best piece of advice you've gotten? Hmm. I would say best piece of advice that I have ever gotten or heard. Um, TJ, this is tough, man. You really are. You you started with softballs, yeah. and you've just like come with the high heat. Listen, you want to be a curveball in a fastball <laughs> league. <laughs> All right, best piece of advice I've ever gotten as it relates to leadership, you know, um, I think I think it's just it's the I'm trying to think of the exact phrase of it, but um, it has to do with just planting the seeds and trusting the process. Um, planting. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. I think the phrase that I, I think about most often is 
uh, from my friend Adam Harrington, where he he, he always says this. He he says a combination of two things, and 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 we text a lot, and he says a lot in text, and he says a lot in person. But he'll say like, um, honor the process and find joy in the journey. All right, and those who are planted will flourish. Mm, like it. Those who are planted will flourish. Honoring the process, like obviously that very cliche, you know, but really trying to find that journey, join the journey. I think oftentimes it's missed on a lot of people really trying to seek it out and be intentional, but those who are planted will flourish. Like it. And, and that for me is just, I mean, we live in such a, a wavering society, right? Like one minute, everyone's all about this. And the next minute you're all about this. And, you know, we're often described and likened to sheep, Right. And we wander from one thing to the next, and we're directionless, and we're just kind of going. But when you truly just recognize the need to be planted, and when you are planted on that foundation, that's like when you truly can grow. And for me, like being planted on what I believe, the things I want to pursue, uh, the things that I deem important, when I'm planted on those things and truly recognize it, that's when I really I feel like secure in myself and am ready to grow. Love it. Those who are planted with flourish. Shout out Adam Harrington, Brooklyn Nets, sister coach. TJ, chop it up. I like this. Let's do this again more often. Enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it. Listen, I am Adam. He is TJ. Let us know what you think about today's episode. You can tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle. But we together are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we are out.